Welcome to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. Welcome to Five Blossom Radio. Uh, my name is Denise Richard, and we're speaking today on the issue of supporting children to work collaboratively. So my work today is going to involve us in a discussion with a known supporter, uh, Helen Hughes. Her work is known to help with understanding the importance of how children learn. And today we're going to work with the issue of collaboration and speak to the issue of how tiny people learn in a big world. So how children feel the need for control how they learn ways to manage their issues, whether through whining or meltdowns or, you know, being cute, and how they pick up ways from those who care. So like little scientists, they try out anything to see what works. So Five Blossom Radio introduces Helen Hughes today on the speaking on the issue of collaboration in a children's world. So Helen, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Could you please take a moment and introduce yourself? Um, I'm Helen Hughes, and um, I, when I was young, a teenager, and all my friends were babysitting, <clears throat> I didn't babysit because I didn't like children very much. And so it came as a huge surprise to me when I started actually working with children in cubs and brownies that I liked them a lot. And so I was quite delighted. <laughs> and I had... Um, I started teaching when I was 19 years old, and I just fell in love with the kids in my class. And from that day onward, children were my teachers, Mm. and I've learned so much from them Mm -hmm. over the years. So I taught five years in the regular public school system, and then I had a family of my own. And I was a great fan of the public school system, But when my daughter just couldn't thrive in the regular system, I realized I had to do something. So I got together with other parents, and we started a cooperative parent participation little school in my house on East Windsor Road. Mm -hmm. And that's how it came to be called Windsor House. Mm -hmm. So we operated for 48 years. And here I am, 80 years old and very richly educated by young people. Wow. So you started with an alternative form of schooling in your own home Mm -hmm. and then went on to create a bigger volume, a bigger venue for other parents and kids. Yes. And you've worked in that way for 48 years. Yes, I have. Wow. And it's now at 200, over 200 children. Now 200 children are being served in this way. So tell us a little bit about um, the issue of collaboration. Why why would you choose that kind of theme? All right. So that goes way back. When I was teaching preschool, when my children were young, I played around quite a bit with how to do what we in those days called discipline children. And so what I noticed was if children worked something out for themselves – They were generally fine with it. But if an adult intervened and heard both stories and then made a decision, 
Generally, one child was not pleased with the decision, and sometimes both children were not pleased with the decision. So I began to think, there's something here for me to learn. So I developed this little system of putting down two little chairs and putting the young people on the little chairs far enough apart that they couldn't bop each other and told them to work it out. They knew the situation much better than I did. Mm -hmm. And I would sort of, and I would say, you have to both agree on the solution. That's the only thing. I don't care what the solution is, but you just have to both agree on it. And quite often, they'd have figured something out in two seconds. Um, Sometimes they would take a bit longer, but mostly it was very, very quick. And they'd both go away feeling fine. So I started listening in on these little conversations. So it would (laughs) go something like this. You took my truck. Yeah, but you've had it all day. Yeah, but I didn't have it at all yesterday. But it wasn't me that had it yesterday. Oh, wait a minute. There's the trike. I really want the trike. Here's the truck. Done. So what did that tell you? So I thought, oh, there's possibilities here that I'm not even thinking about. (laughs) How did they get there? How would I know that he wanted the trike? (laughs) Right? Yeah. So I... I, um, sort of refined that system over the couple of three years that I was working in that preschool. And then when my own daughter wanted to have something other than the regular school system, we started up this little tiny school called Windsor House. And so we started that school with an idea from another person who said, why don't we let the children decide what, how they want to run themselves? Fine, sure. So what they decided was that they wanted a king. So that was fine. A king? A king, yes. Like a king? A, a king would tell them how, <laughs> it would make rulings on everything, you see. Oh, we have, we have right. a king, yes. of course. So the problem there was that everybody wanted to be king. And so each candidate for king got one vote. So we weren't able to settle on, <laughs> on who would be king. Um, even the girls wanted to be king at that point. So then one child whose father was in municipal politics said, why don't we vote on who we will have to run our affairs? So, all right. So they put up candidates and they all put up themselves and they all voted for themselves. So that didn't fly. So then they thought, um, why don't we try just working things out ourselves? So that's what we settled on. Hmm. So we had, um, uh, most of our school time was was spent working things out because something would go wrong. We'd all gather together. We'd discuss it. We'd talk about our feelings and opinions and who did this and who did that. And one by one, children dropped out of the circle and went off bored to death. And so the people who could stick it the longest were the ones who managed to get things the way they wanted to. Right. So then then people got so tired of that, they decided they wanted to try judges. <laughs> so three little girls were acclaimed judges. So they heard every case. So that... That was fascinating. They spent their whole days listening to, and there were only 15 children in the school. You wouldn't think it would be that hard, but it was 
Um, it was always something. Finally, the judges quit. They said, it's too much work. We don't want to do that anymore. And nobody else would volunteer to be judges. So then we said, well, would you like the adults to just make the decisions for you? Oh, yes, please do. (laughs) (laughs) However, by then, I wasn't going to fall into that trap. I knew what happened when adults made the decisions for you. Nobody liked the adults. Nobody Mm -hmm. liked the decisions. It was Mm -hmm. completely unpopular. Mm -hmm. So we played around a little bit with that, to be honest. We we as adults would make ridiculous um, rulings on things. So um, uh, two children would want to have the same toy. We'd say, well, none of you can have it. We'll put it away. Well, that's not fair. So finally they said, we don't want adults. <laughs> okay, so the, adults aren't popular. Aren't, aren't, aren't popular, yeah. So, and sometimes on genuine cases, we tried to do a genuinely, you know, reasonable response. But we, were, we weren't able to hit it on the nose the way children could. Hmm. And so, finally, we sort of, um, oh, I know. The trouble with um, working with consensus was that just one child could say no and right. they could they could hold up everything. Right. And if they were just feeling crabby and they were mad at everybody, they just said no to everything. Right. So then the children decided that that could be called going on power. And that but if someone consensus went, could be called going no, on? Saying no all the time ah, and not coming okay. up with any suggestions would be called going on power. Mm-hmm. And if you went on power, you lost your place in the communal decision-making. Wow. So... That worked for a while. And then, of course, all systems, you know, people learn how to misuse them. Mm-hmm. And so pretty soon, some children were realizing they just had to say to anyone, you're going on power. <laughs> Done. Done. Yeah, they were out of the game. So, so that emerged as not, not the best way to go. So we wrestled with problem-solving, consensus, all those ideas and then we we were you know we were a public school by then and we were oh gosh you know 15 years old or something still trying various different things when we heard there was a an alternative school in in um oh where is it anyway it's called <laughs> can't think what it was called, a lovely alternative a school lovely one. in the U.S., uh, where they had a judicial council. So it was sort of like judges, only they had, they changed, oh, they had an elected head who was the chair of the judicial council, and then different people from the community had to take their turn being on the council. So it wasn't quite as onerous. So, oh, we thought that was a great idea. So we tried, we sort of put in the JC, as we called it. Mm -hmm. And so you could write a complaint. Right. So anyone could write a complaint on anyone. Right. And so some children would never write complaints. They took it as a matter of honor to never write a complaint on anyone. And people often wrote complaints on them, and they said how unfair it was. (laughs) And there were people who 
overused the JC committee and there were people who used it really well. And when it worked well, it was lovely. The children really considered every person in the dispute and tried to not, it was definitely not punitive. The whole idea was how can we, what supports can we put in place so that this negative thing doesn't happen again? Right. So that was quite lovely. And that went on for years and years and years, but it depended very much on an adult and a chair, student chair, being kind, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so when we had that situation, um, it, was, it was very well received. It, it really ran the school, the JC. So you're, you're highlighting three things that I can see. One is you're talking about collaboration. Mm-hmm. You're talking about how the how you see collaboration in this process is different than consensus. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about how the development of a system that helps kids regulate or have a, a little bit of a judicial counsel, as yeah. you mentioned, uh-huh. uh, has actually influenced the issue of collaboration or how they approach collaboration. Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more of how that, how that so, worked for you? So what emerged for me over the years was it became pretty clear to me that you can only collaborate if you have goodwill. Mm-hmm. And if someone's out to get someone else, they can find ways to make collaboration not work. So, so out of that, I thought, well, first of all, you have to be able to identify when goodwill is not there. Yes. And then you have to have some way to call it. And... That wasn't my strength. It wasn't my strength to notice when goodwill was missing. So we sort of got hobbled by that occasionally. Um, but eventually I began to see that when goodwill was there, people kept making suggestions and they didn't negate each other's suggestions. Whereas when goodwill was absent, Someone would make a suggestion and another person would roll their eyes or say, no, I hate that suggestion or whatever. and would bring the whole tone down and people didn't feel like making suggestions because somebody was going to negate their suggestion. So then I began to realize that if you set down a ground rule of you cannot negate any suggestions during brainstorming time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just throw those suggestions out on the table mm-hmm. and and you can't use body language or verbal language or any other kind right. of way to show you don't like that. Because the suggestions that are put out, they're not necessarily going to be to happen. You don't you don't need to negate them mm-hmm. because they're just ideas mm-hmm. on the table. Mm-hmm. And so for young people who are able to actually take that in, I don't need to knock down this idea because it probably is not going to come up anyway. Right. So gradually, a group of children would learn to very quickly generate ideas until they generated an idea that neither, none of them had thought of originally. In other words, the idea they came up with as a group was so much better than any idea any single one of them had had before they joined in as a group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was magic. Wow. 
because they'd just throw in suggestions and then someone would say, well, I really like this, but if you could just change this little piece, I think it would be better. (laughs) They just build, build. And then you could just see all the eyes light up, faces light up. Mm -hmm. And someone, to begin with me, would say, looks like we're getting something people like. Is there anyone that is not going to? Right. want this suggestion. And that's your time to negate. Okay, so right close. As you're speaking and I'm I'm understanding you're talking about the process of uh, supporting collaboration mm-hmm. uh, was supporting the kids to have an open mind and to be able to speak without having any uh, anybody negate what they're right. doing. So mm-hmm. that was one that's one very important part. You also talked about how and maybe you can open that up a little bit how this little council that was created also influenced the process of collaboration. I'd be interested in knowing what was the JC in terms of how how could it support somebody to feel that collaboration was an important piece? So because, because this was sort of a, a work in progress, um, it depended very much on the young people who were in the school at the time. Okay. And so when we... When we had a number of children who were well-resourced themselves and were able to be generous, mm-hmm. they, they, they enjoyed coming to JC, mm-hmm. so they'd volunteer often. And so the JC, all the children who were called into JC because they had a complaint written on them, mm-hmm. began to sense how generous and, mm-hmm. and um, supporting this JC process was. Mm -hmm. And so instead of being afraid and not wanting to come to JC or that kind of thing, they relaxed a lot and were open to, and quite often they'd come in and a a child had had a complaint against them would say, oh, I know, I knocked it over. I don't know why I did that. I I just was feeling so mad at, at everybody and I just, there it was, and I knocked it over. I'm sorry. Very nice. Very and nice. It would just be lovely. Yeah. So um, now to get back to your question, which mm-hmm. was what? Well, no, you explained it quite nicely that the JC actually um, was not a place that was punitive. It was a place where kids can go and be open-hearted with mm-hmm. the circumstances of helping correct behavior or helping correct circumstances that were misunderstood. Mm-hmm. So that opens the heart of collaboration, which is what you're saying. Yes. It's a compassionate yes. way of approaching mm-hmm. challenges, right? Mm-hmm. So that had an influence on your yeah. on the way that you approach collaboration is what I sense you're yeah. saying. Yeah. I don't know if that's... Mm-hmm. that's and one time I, w- I had a complaint written on me. Um, <laughs> by the kids? By the kids. By one, one, one kid. <laughs> I had several complaints written on me over the time, and all of them, well, all but one, which I'll tell you about, um, were absolutely legitimate. This one was legitimate. I um, was walking down the hall, and I came across a young person who was doing something that I thought they shouldn't have been doing. So I called their name, and I came over, and I spoke to them about it. And they simply turned and walked away from me. Well, I was Stunned, <laughs> stunned, <laughs> and 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 you're acting as a, you're actually the principal. Of I'm the, the principal of the school, school. <laughs> right? This little ankle biter just walked away from. Me. How old was this ankle? Oh, uh, probably eleven. Okay, yeah. So the child went into a room down the hall. Now, bo- all the rooms at that time had 
two doors, one at either end. So I whipped down the hall, went into the farther door, and came up to meet the child as as they walked into the room. So I really, I really booked it and came face to face with them and said, you walked away from me when I was talking with you. That's not okay with me. And so they turned away and walked and took a complaint form and wrote a complaint on me. Oh my. <laughs> so. And how did that go? <laughs> I got called to JC and um, the complaint was read. And the complaint said that I'd yelled at them. And I said, no, I didn't yell. Because I was pretty careful not to yell mm-hmm. at kids. I said, there's lots of people around who can, who can uh, corroborate. corroborate that. So the child said, I love this, said, you yelled at me with your eyes. <laughs> I said, yes, I did. <laughs> you yelled at me with your eyes. So I took a consequence. Uh, what was the consequence? <laughs> the consequence was hanging a swag lamp in a, in a loft. <laughs> they had built a big loft, and they wanted lighting in the top. <laughs> and so I hung the swag lamp that's, there. That's pretty strong. Yeah. So that person was able to see that you're upset in some way or that you're, you're, you're angry. Yeah. And that, that's how they picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. So how how um how did that affect you and and how did it change your approach to or how did it how did it move you under those circumstances well kids i i mean the whole process of um of working with children for me has been one long mostly gentle but sometimes a little bit smack in the face learning exercise for me so when I was first working with children, I was the uh, I was Cheel the kite in a in a uh, cub pack, and I had lots of authority. I was a teenager; mm-hmm. these were little cubs, and and uh, I could say, you know, um, on the ground, and everybody was on the ground. Like it was it was a very military kind of system, right? And I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, when, I, when I was teaching, I still had a lot of authority, but I, I, be, I had begun to realize that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't my favorite way of being with young people. So I started to modify it. And then when I started Windsor House, I really started to modify it because it just did not fit in with a sort of a free school approach. Right. And so um, so I learned from that one occasion that I exude um, authority and you'd better behave me, you'd better listen to me. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to be a member of a, a, a community that, that prided itself on equality, right. I would have to... T- change my view drastically wow yeah now that's a very um different approach uh in terms of management let's say <laughs> yeah. of, of a school situation or of a, right. of a class situation mm-hmm. and i think that the i think many parents would look at that and go well i have to deal with that behavior 
at home, you know, yeah. where, where kids mm-hmm. will hold authority in that way. Yeah. And that kind of thinking isn't familiar to them, that, we're that maybe yeah. there's a way that we could manage our own way of collaborating our own way of managing ourselves mm-hmm. so that collaboration is more present or more possible, yes. you know, because we do hold yes. as parents a great deal of power. Yeah. So you're talking about a power dynamic that is naturally present for us because we have to be yeah. visibly taking authority when mm-hmm. the needs be. Mm-hmm. But in those circumstances, because the, the field or the, the system is set up for equality, mm-hmm. You had to catch yourself under yeah. those circumstances yeah. and and show a little bit of humility. Yeah, and a hold, lot. <laughs> and yeah, I can't I can't actually imagine it. It actually was a little bit of a, a touch inside, going wow. Mm-hmm. But I could see myself having to really um, look at the question of what am I doing here? How can I hold myself mm-hmm. uh, nicely mm-hmm. so that they don't get harmed by my reactions yes. here? Right. Yeah. Because you're having to guide them if you're holding yeah. this kind of so, relationship. So um, what I learned from that is that there are times when you have time to be very egalitarian. Mm-hmm. And there are other times when you don't. You're back at the wall. You have to catch a bus or right. whatever or it is. Circumstance, yeah. yeah. So you have to make a call. Right. And the thing that I noticed, I, I, I am most powerful in the egalitarian mode when I listen. Thank you. I'm wondering if you'd like to talk more about this. We're just going to take a little break and uh, be right back. Thank you. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include knowing your whole body, self-care for your health, and inspiring wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 5 Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to 5blossomgatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to 5 Blossom Radio. So we're talking here with Helen Hughes about collaboration. And Helen, you were just talking uh, about how certain circumstances 
um, move you to look at the situation and wonder, how do you proceed? So you're talking about a circumstance with a young child who uh, you actually got called on in a certain way and you had to really evaluate. Uh, now, you had open space in those circumstances. It was a regular school day. There wasn't any event going on, really. But what would happen? How would you approach that same situation uh, if it wasn't? Uh, the circumstances that you had there, that it was, you know, circumstances that were tighter or more demanding. Mm -hmm. And that's often the case with parents where they find they have to catch the bus or whatever it might be and they don't have time to Mm -hmm. listen because listening is truly an art and you have to, the parent has to feel relaxed and at ease and, and not under the stress of time to be able to listen really intelligently and compassionately. Mm-hmm. So when you're uh, stuck in a situation where time is of essence, what I've noticed is the more backed up the adult is, that is they're feeling that they're, they're going to have to really um, push the other person to do what they want them to do, mm-hmm. Um, the anxiety in their voice rises and usually the volume. Mm-hmm. So when you find yourself um, quite often yelling, but even uh, speaking loudly through your teeth, the children pick that up right away. And what they deduced from this is you don't actually have a good case to make. Mm-hmm. If you did, you wouldn't be so upset about it. Mm-hmm. So, the first thing I do is I say to myself, do I really need to catch this bus? And if I do, then I calm myself and I say, I do have to catch this bus. They do need to come. Mm-hmm. And then I feel it in my core. And I say, actually, we do need to catch this bus and we need to leave in two minutes. And I'll tell you all about it as we walk to the bus stop. hmm Get your stuff, we're going. Mm -hmm. And when I'm calm about it, Mm -hmm. they don't argue back and Mm -hmm. cause a big fuss. So that really is what I say to people who are dealing with their back to the wall often, or what they feel is their back to the wall. Mm -hmm. First see, is this indeed, or have I made this up? Have I said, oh, we have to do this because your grandma is coming and if she sees this mess on the floor, she's going to be so upset. You have to question yourself. A, will grandma be on time? Mm -hmm. B, will she be upset by the mess on the floor? Mm -hmm. C, if she's upset by the mess on the floor, is that a disaster? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you get yourself to a a point where you're not arguing with yourself. Right. And then you can say something quite calmly. And I have found that I can say something in a very low-key voice. And and children hear me. I don't know if you get the situation where people say, you aren't listening. They're listening. They're listening for the timbre in your voice. Mm -hmm. And that's your job to get it. And that reflects also on what you just said, is that your body language wasn't mirroring that in a certain way mm-hmm. and so you had to catch it for yourself and consider that yeah but you're also saying that there's certain let's say skill sets that you can learn that would support yes. that collaboration be 
let's say the way that you proceed. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about more? A little bit more about okay. So we have that questioning, the inner calmness. Anything else that you would talk? About? Well, if you if you have the the goodwill to collaborate, sometimes it can be very fast. Um, you can just say, okay, what are your suggestions? You uh-huh. can say it to adults. You can say it to anybody. What are your suggestions? And I found I was at a meeting just the other day, and people were complaining. They were saying nobody has done such and such. We're thrown under the bus. And I said, if you've got some suggestions, tell me. Right. And so we just that just changed everything, and we started generating ideas, and and now we're on a on a interesting root. Right. So I think the idea of don't negate, that sounds so funny, don't negate. <laughs> You'd think it would be do be positive, mm-hmm. but that doesn't work. It's got to be don't negate. So you're, that's, a, that's a good difference. If I were to say don't negate, meaning that if I don't say no, but let's say I have the, oh, I have a no sensation mm-hmm. in, inside, yep. but I don't follow that. Mm-hmm. I let it go. Let it go. Then I'm opening my mind to a process that yes. Yes. Is, is available to me anyways. Yes. Yeah. And that's what you're highlighting here is that this mm-hmm. is a big key. Yeah. If I don't push myself into, I don't support that kind of behavior or statement, then there's a possibility that collaboration could could then take hold? Is that what you're Yes. If you don't worry about the suggestions, just let them be. Just let them roll out. When I'm in a collaboration system, I often, I wait till the kids sort of have had a turn thinking of various, putting out various suggestions. And then I often put out a very silly one, which they'll all laugh at. And that actually relaxes everybody. Mm-hmm. And they realize that by... And sometimes with a new group, I'll put my silly suggestion in very early so they'll realize they don't have to negate suggestions. I mean, who would want to do that? Right. You know. Right. Uh, and so it just lightens things up. So and the lightening, the making it easy. So can you talk more about that? That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It can, a collaboration can be a lot of fun. So... <laughs> um, uh, one suggestion that one of my grandchildren came up with was um, let's all hop on one leg for X amount of time. I can't remember what it was. And everybody laughed because we could have done it, but it wasn't anyone going to solve that particular problem. Right out of the box, completely silly. And what does that do? What does that do? Well, it makes you realize you don't have to take the suggestions as though they're actually going to happen. Right. I can let that go. You can let that go. (laughs) You can let that go. So it's a yes message. I can Mm -hmm. let it go. I can can open my mind. Yeah. And so then as suggestions come forward, you can take pieces that you like from them. So, for instance, out of the hopping around on one leg – came, we could play a game of stay on the green tiles in the kitchen, which was more doable considering what we were trying to solve, which was how they would entertain themselves while I made lunch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so quite often a very silly suggestion will free your extremely creative mind to think of something, to, it just sort of sparks an idea that actually will work. Mm-hmm. And when you start to get confidence in that, when you've done quite a bit of collaboration, you begin to 
use parts of your mind that are often not used in more heavy-handed problem solving. Right. So if you take that into a situation where you've got two or three kids that, uh, you know, are having uh, a situation and uh, collaboration is where you'd like to take it, what Mm -hmm. happens if one of them says, no, I'm not collaborating? Yes. And that, of course, does happen. One of my grandchildren says, I hate doing it your way. (laughs) (laughs) So that's your way. (laughs) I say, I know. (laughs) So then they rush off and and, uh, have a little cry. And then I collaborate with whoever's left. And so I favor collaborators, plain and simple. If neither person that I'm dealing with, if none of the people I'm dealing with want to collaborate, then I say, well, I guess all that's left is for me to make the decision. I doubt that any of you are going to like the decision I make because I'm going to make the decision that's going to work best for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes they they just come right around. They think, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she's going to impose it. Mm-hmm. She actually has the power. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then they start making suggestions. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, little scientists that they are, they want to know what suggestion I would make. So just the other day, one little girl came out to me and said, Helen, she doesn't want to let me be by myself. I need time by myself. And I said, oh, she won't let you? No. So I went in and the other child said, she wants time by herself in the playroom. If she needs time by herself, she can go into the study. I want to be in the playroom. So then I see two very different views. Mm -hmm. So I say, oh, okay. I see you both have very reasonable and important sides to this story and my decision is that the playroom's for everyone and if you want to be by yourself go into the study you were both fine with that (laughs) exactly they had already offered the solution (laughs) (laughs) so so it's interesting sometimes they're just tired of working things out Mm -hmm. and if you listen closely to what the two sides are you can and if you come up with something that you really think is a good decision, they'll accept it. So you're saying you ha- listening is part of it, watching, listening, listening. and caring, mm-hmm. caring about what they're trying yeah. to work through. Yeah. So listening is, is a major piece. And when two children are collaborating, or any number of children are collaborating well, I listen to what their suggestions are. Mm-hmm. And I watch to see where eyes light up. Mm-hmm. And generally, that's the nub of where the final solution will come from. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. To watch and, their body language. Yeah. And so when they come up with a collaborated um, solution, they all go away feeling triumphant. Yes. Look what we did. Look what we created. Yeah. There's no losers. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. How would you support parents who, let's say, they're tired or they just have never been exposed, really. Right. They, they may mm-hmm. have the idea. They think it's a really, you know, it's it's a stellar thought to mm-hmm. consider that. Mm-hmm. But they don't have any experience. How, how would you approach parents who want to learn or 
how would you, you know, guide them a little bit, advise right. them a little bit around yeah. collaboration? So, so I'd begin with having them listen carefully. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can say to, uh, I want, uh, I sometimes use this story, it's an old fable, I think, of, of uh, three blind men who were told to go and uh, touch an elephant and come back and tell what an elephant was like. And one came back and said, it's like a tree trunk huge and round and another came back and said it's like a big banana leaf it's soft and pliable and another came, the other came back and says no it's like a snake it's moving all around and so that is my way of describing any given situation three different people three different versions mm-hmm. and they're all right mm-hmm. so there isn't any one right there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of rights mm-hmm. and so what I do with a group of children especially if they're outraged at each other I say now I'm going to hear stories so I want to hear each of your stories and remember and I'm going to remember and all of you remember it's just a story it's just what you're seeing through your eyes. Mm-hmm. So nobody needs to correct the story. Nobody needs to say, no, that's not what happened. You just have to realize that's how that person is seeing it. And I'll hear each of your stories. And then I'll tell the story back to you. I'll tell you the story that I've put together mm-hmm. from all of your stories. Mm-hmm. And then you can correct me. Mm-hmm. That is the most interesting thing to do because by the time they've each told their story quite often the problem is over mm-hmm. they've actually heard what it was like for what the other person saw when mm-hmm. they were in that so collaboration is also part of allowing them just to speak from you know yeah yeah what Tell, they see feel. and and speak not to persuade the other people that this is the truth but to show their uh, show their um uh, show what's in their hearts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To to show their personal view, mm-hmm. and when everyone's shown their personal view, it's quite lovely. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, if it if I do not see that everyone is completely relaxed and they're all happy to go off playing again, then I'll say, "All right, now I'm going to tell the story that I heard," mm-hmm. and I tell it in the most generous way. So I say, "So." Uh, this person was building a big tower and this other person, and I use names when I'm telling it, I'm just, um, this other person comes in and has had a terrible day. They've, they've lost their lunch. They're hungry. Um, someone's been mean at them, mean to them. And they see this tower that's sort of toppling a bit and they just nudge it over. And then this person comes and smacks this person. They're so annoyed that they would topple over their friend's tower that they just they just give them a good smack, and then and then and then and then there we go. And and then I and all the way along I say, am I am I right so far? Am I right so far? And little corrections come in. Build the story, build the story, as though it's perfectly understandable that each one of those people would behave the way they did. Mm-hmm. Of course they did, because mm-hmm. they were this or that or mm-hmm. the other thing. Mm-hmm. But you're then talking about self-correction. If you're able to listen and you then examine your own behavior, mm-hmm. 
not necessarily being judged for the behavior, yes. but examine your behavior, then yeah. you can make an assessment of, is that is that how you want yeah. that behavior? Yeah. So you're talking about, the, that's a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. If collaboration offers that kind of self-reflection, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then there's a possibility of growth. Yeah. In yeah. the in the in the park. and quite often a child in that group will spontaneously on hearing another child's what was happening for them will say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know." Mm-hmm. That's so lovely. And sometimes, and it took me a long time to learn this. Sometimes a child will give another child a gift. So. It's an obvious gift that they say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. But sometimes the gift is not so obvious. So I was very big on don't negate, right? This curious, Mm -hmm. um, counterintuitive, do not negate. Mm -hmm. Um, So if a child said, oh, well, you silly goofball, you shouldn't have such and so. I would say now, name calling. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is the children know way more than I do about the dynamics of their group. And goofball may be um, a a gift word. I just don't know it. And so the kid who's been called a goofball by the mm, highest ranking member of their group may consider that Oh, good. They, you know, that may be a compliment. Mm-hmm. Who, how do I know? So I watch and I see if a face falls, I think that wasn't a, a That's positive right. gift. That's right. And then I will say, I see your face falling. It's, it, I get the sense that that was hard for you to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, it was. Tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Rather than you shouldn't have called them a goofball. Right. 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 So I'm helping them learn how to see how things land. Mm -hmm. That one thing they could say with impunity to this person, Mm -hmm. and this person is going to land hard. Right. So you're talking about inquiry. Mm -hmm. Making use of inquiry instead of judgment also supports and opens up, you know, a a dynamic that's Mm -hmm. collaborative. Mm -hmm. And there's no bad players. Right. Everyone's doing the best they can, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that comes across as pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But we're all trying to do the best we can in this Mm -hmm. crazy world. Mm -hmm. So as parents, in that question, there's the, you know, watching for yourself, self-regulating, whether the circumstances are dire or not. Yes. You know, opening up the space, being able to listen, being able to inquire, Anything else that you would, you know, support for a parent who's going, how am I going to engage collaboration here? Right. Um, one, one really necessary thing, which I had utterly forgotten till this moment, is to have um, a backup plan. Mm. So you don't want to find yourself painted into a corner with no escape. So as a parent, you need to know, you need to start thinking in terms of, if worse comes to worst, what will I do? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's, in the case of catching a bus, we are not going to catch that bus. I'm going to phone so-and-so and say, I'm sorry, we can't come to the play date today mm-hmm. because we had a problem at home mm-hmm. and it's not going to work. So 
if you have a backup plan, you don't get so anxious yourself. Mm-hmm. If you have to phone the doctor mm-hmm. and say, we, we can't make it, can't make it. That's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's either that or grab your child and haul him. It's kind of painful. Kicking. So, yeah. yeah. So if you can get yourself a backup plan, then your whole demeanor is is much easier for the child to deal with. Mm-hmm. They they understand. They get the idea that you actually are in charge. You actually will make it okay. Mm-hmm. And they need that. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to know that the care is there behind the situation mm-hmm. at at all levels. Yeah, yeah. Is there? A, do you have a, a personal? I mean, you've you've worked with, I would say, thousands of kids, <laughs> thousands and thousands of kids. Um, do you have? a way of describing whether uh, young uh, little girls versus little boys, do they collaborate differently? Do they work differently? Well, I now believe that gender is a spectrum. Okay. And so there are some, um, I guess I'd call them, archetypes or something so if you thought of masculine as a masculine archetype of um i don't know what would you say the masculine archetype is well let's say a prince a, you know the uh, the saving prince the yes the saving. so so yes and archetypes do have differences in the way they collaborate mm-hmm. but they can all learn if they can if they have an opportunity to gain from being collaborative, they can learn it. Mm-hmm. And they do it very differently. So mm-hmm. I have some young people who who are very brusque and, oh, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm, no, I never cry. Or um, all kinds of those, those remarks that you hear young people say. And it just... Yeah, you just work with it. And mm-hmm. So you're, my, my understanding is that um, because we do have archetypes that guide us mm-hmm. and we're, we're you know, bombarded by that, actually, as we grow up, mm-hmm. uh, you do see that, yes, certain children are, will follow a certain archetype in a certain way of resolving a resolution. Mm-hmm. And so you do see that, mm-hmm. but it's more, more cultural than, than it is absolutely specific cultural. to gender. I think so, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is there anything you would add to why do we want to work in a collaborative way? What would, if you had just a few more minutes to speak, what, what would <laughs> you, what would so your heart say? Fun. It's yeah. so much fun. It's so much fun. And it, you feel so good when you work collaboratively with other people. You come away with a, a feeling of, we did it. Yeah. Uh, it's just lovely. That's really nice. Yeah. Now, I, I, I have a daughter who went through your school and mm-hmm. uh, who had, you know, the experience of that. Would you say that kids who learn collaboratively, collaboratively uh, have a better time at making their way through the world or in the world? Did you, have you had a sense of that? My sense is they do because I see young people who have come through Windsor House and they go out into the world and they come back and say to me, I had no idea offices were like that. <laughs> but what they do is they bring to it the, I have a suggestion, right. outlook, 
And so they they are people who come up with suggestions right. instead of negating. Right. And that it actually does catch on. It's a catchy kind yeah. of tune, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. And they also have giving skills. Yes. As a, you know, they're able to give to the situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're able. Do, do you perceive that they um, do, do? Do they power up? Well, they don't feel threatened by it. Right. So they don't start putting on a lot of defensive stances. Right. They're more amused than anything. Okay. Which is lovely. Very yeah. nice. And mm-hmm. uh, how do they? How how would you say as a community? Do you find that that's uh, that collaboration has caught on? Do you see that more? Do you? Um, when a community gets too big, there is a problem of people thinking. You know, if I got a little group to one side, right. I could take over this place. Yeah. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. 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 So, but in general, you think that small group collaboration is easier than a large part, like a large community collaboration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's natural that we, you know, we try and section it off a little bit because we do want the yes. control. Yes. Well, it, Helen, it needs I'm, to be personal. Yeah, it yeah. has to be more personal in order to yeah. engage it. Yeah. I, if, do you have, if you have just one more minute, what would you say? <laughs> How would you uh, welcome people to collaboration? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't have one word. Uh, if I were pressed to one word, I'd, I'd use kindness. Thank you. Yes. Compassion, kindness. Absolutely. Open-heartedness. Yeah. Well, I'm really, it's been a pleasure today working with you and talking to you a bit about this. And uh, I feel like uh, you've been a wonderful uh, inspiration here in helping us understand the the beauty and the, 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 the strength that it takes to be able to stay with the process mm-hmm. of uh, helping these little ones uh, gain a better grip and better grounding. Okay. And so I'm thanking you for your time today. Well, this is a pleasure. Yeah, it really was fun to talk. Very good. That. Any questions yeah. about our talk today, uh, you can email at fiveblossomgatherings at gmail.com or you can Facebook at uh, Five Blossom Gatherings, Twitter at Fires of Compassion, and LinkedIn, Denise Richard. This is Denise Richard thanking you very much, Helen Hughes, for Thank your you. talk today. Thank you for joining us this week for Five Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.